0: PMI International's mission is to serve the global finance community by promoting the development and understanding of applied research and of sound financial practices. And so, I welcome you all to our first episode of our Women in Finance series. Now moving on to our speaker for today, she is a CBS alumna, graduated in 2013. She has a PGDM in finance from SP Jan Institute of Management and Research, Mumbai. And is a results-oriented management consultant with demonstrated expertise in strategy, process improvement, cost transformation, global business services, financial planning and analysis. Please welcome Ms. Srishti Shrivasta. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Srishti, for joining in.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Anushka. Thanks for inviting me to speak with you all. Delighted to be here. And thanks for that introduction. Maybe a little too much, but thank you. <laughs> okay. What I really want to present, okay, so I, I'll cover a couple of parts, right, today. So I want to talk about, let, I, I'll start with talking about myself, actually, before I move into all about finance transformation or finance of the future. So a decade back, just like you, I I'm finished my graduation, I mean, I finished my high school and had no plans, I mean, you know, no plans as such, except for after board exams, I just wanted to chill like many of you Uh, did appear for a couple of entrance exams as well and that's how I started at CBS. Uh, It used to be the East Delhi campus when I joined in, Uh, now obviously you have a fancier campus at CBS. But that's how I started and uh, the, the first summer break that I got, I thought that maybe, you know, okay I've been reading a lot. I still had the memory of the 2008 financial crisis. I'll be honest, that was 2010, right? So I had that memory. I knew how big, uh, too big to fail, had a role to play in it. I thought, okay, that's something that I really want to know more about. So I, you know, during that summer, I actually went back and worked for about six to eight weeks with an investment bank. Um, Good experience, not, it wasn't, it was a boutique firm uh gave me insights into you know what a really investment bank does uh did some interesting projects got a lot of time to chill as well um obviously you know that got done i came back complete, you know and i had to finish my graduation but i didn't i actually took up another internship uh during my second year itself um at that time i thought you know now i'll do something different so i want to you know, just like you all would have aspirations, I too had aspirations of, you know, I want to work for an MNC. Um, I still was keen on finance, so I went on to do an internship with the corporate finance um, of actually a logistics company. Uh, My hopes of doing fancy, like working in fancy offices was clearly shattered because I would go to, uh, it was a transport and logistics company, uh, it's actually DHL, and it's huge, but the fact that their offices are actually places where there are warehouses. So not the best experiences in terms of fancy office, but uh, good work. Again, good work. Um, and I did come back again to complete my graduation and that was my third year, right? So I, uh, so you would know that the most popular course is actually finance uh, with three to five ratios. So <laughs> I also happened to choose finance. I mean, no brainer there. And I went on to complete my graduation, uh, right? And I sat through placements as well uh, during graduation, and that was supposed to be my foray into uh, consulting and specifically risk advisory. And trust me, at that point, I'm 100% sure I did not know what risk advisory was, Um, but but was keen. Uh, However, life had very different plans. So I actually went on to, SPGen in Mumbai uh, to complete my, you know, to start my MBA. And again, um, as a part of that course, I mean, firstly in SPGen, you know, you're supposed to select your specialization upfront. So again, finance, easy, you know, something that I was anyway keen with, easy to associate. So, went on to do that. Again, I actually did an internship. And this time I wanted to try something very different. But um, again, plans were different. So I, Again, went on for a corporate finance internship, but this time much fancier, right? I went on the tech side. So it was it was working with new technologies. But again, in their finance department, something that I didn't work for. It was actually a corporate dev- like it was a finance development program. So as a result, I was working directly back with leaders of the finance group, and some of them were actually my alum So it felt good to work with them. Uh, again, got back. Uh, completed my graduation and uh, with that I entered into corporate strategy directly. Uh, my first job, like my first full-time job, um, it was scary. I'm sure it was. It would sound scary to you as well. My first role uh, was directly working with the CEO of a company and it's not a small company, it's not a startup, it's, it was at that time at least uh, $500 million. Uh, in revenue, right? So I used to work directly with the CEO, um, you know, help him devise, implement all strategic initiatives, also do a lot of tactical work, okay, uh, on the groundwork, but that was my job, and I I worked there for three and a half years. I actually moved on to work on a leader program individually that was mandated by the board of directors. So uh, had a fantastic experience, um, loved it learned immensely. And then, you know, again, so I, I think it it is like, you know, things coming a full circle, I finally did move into consulting um, in 2019. Uh, So what I do currently is, um, I work on a practice, as I'm at EY, uh, you know, one of the leading management consulting firms. Uh, What, what my work really is, uh, I help companies I essentially work on the CFO advisory. I help finance teams uh, do their processes better, more efficiently, at, at a better cost. Uh, I mean, every CFO would like cost savings, right? So these are things that I really work with. And yeah, that, that that really is about me. I hope, you know, I, I just want to say that, you know, while, to be honest, if you look at highlights, it's a very linear path that I have, right, graduation, post-graduation, first job consulting but there's a lot that goes into it so uh you know you can also try your bits try your experiences and that's that would be my only uh first comment to you right and here I'll take a pause and uh, because I'm obviously going to talk about a lot about consulting next so what do you think that as a consultant what is the maximum you know what is the thing that you spend maximum time on solving problems that's that's what my mandate is, right? Solve business problems. What else? Research, very important. I think at least uh, at the beginning of your careers, a lot of time is spent on research because you're starting from a clean slate. So research is what actually builds on to the experience and you get to know what is happening in the industry. Understanding client requirements, absolutely. Part of you know how do you solve business problems? The first step is to understand the problems. Uh, understand their requirements, try to solve it together. Data crunching, initially, that's all you do. You get a lot of data, not always in the best way you'd want it to be. There are times that you actually use, convert PDF data into Excel data, and a uh, lot of time gets wasted on that. But yes, the path to be able to solve problems. We need to fill timesheets. We're supposed to fix things at odd hours. Um, actually, a lot of my time initially was spent on it's still today, is spent on making pretty slides. Presentations is what we thrive on. So every client conversation is based on a presentation. That's something that we spend time on. But but as you keep growing, right, uh, today I actually end up spending most time uh, while obviously presentations are the backbone, but I spend time a lot on advising clients, uh, solve their business problems, understand their requirements. That really is today what I mostly do. So. I'll quickly deep dive into finance, right? And before I go into details again around transformation, uh, let's start with you know any company, whether it is a startup or whether it's a MNC, whether it's the most valuable company like Apple, everybody needs to have a finance function. And what the finance function does in every organization, right? It only varies; the extent varies, but the tasks remain unchanged, right? Now let's start with the first basic thing. The foundation. So every organization spends a lot of time on the core operational finance. So while I have some points listed, I won't talk about it. But really, what you do to study as a part of your accounting courses, right? That's a lot of portion that forms the core. You need to have every entry in your books. You need to be able to close books. As a result, you need to be able to create the trial balance, the PL, the balance sheet. That all founds the Absolute foundation. No company can go do away with it, right? So that's that's point number one. The next, which is um, you know, all the more important, I think it's been important ever since you hear about scams, right? I'm sure they make very good, interesting uh, TV series. This is what it is. It is that every company has to make sure that they are, they are the processes are standardised, there are policies in place, there's a controlling environment, so that there aren't any frauds happening, right? So this is the checking mechanism. Whether it is in the form of, again, a lot of lot of you might end up working with internal audit teams, risk advisory teams. This is what comes in. It's a lot of assurance that the business is going as per all the rules. Uh, the next part uh, which which actually pays a lot a lot, right? See, finance is not a siloed function. It works very well. It has to work with business. It needs to be able to make it's, it's to be able to support businesses, to be able to make the right decisions, to be able to plan better, to be able to report on their performance, provide some insights. Because when it comes to number crunching, and because everybody today is focused on making data-driven decisions, it is finance who helps them in some form or fashion. So this is the business partnering, uh, some business finance rule. Okay, and the last part, and you know, um, Again, to be able to solve specific problems, you need specialized experience and that's where you know you want to change the entire strategy of how the finance function works. You want to acquire a new company, divest in a business, uh, manage investors. Again, it could be a listed company where you actually manage uh, asset, asset management companies who invest in your assets. It could be even a startup where you want to probably raise new funds through PEs, VCs or maybe you want to uh, get ready for an IPO. That's So that really is the entire gamut of activities that a finance function does. Um, however, today what has happened is that there was a traditional way of doing things, but um, digital has totally transformed how we interact, how we work, everywhere. I mean, the, the, the clicks, the tweets, the shares, the amount of generate the data that we end up generating is enormous. As a result, it presents opportunities. Uh, most of the activities that were traditionally done, over seventy percent of them, can be automated in some form or fashion. And it could be, you know, completely automated in some cases. And obviously, some cases it's partial and it's an augmentation to what you actually do, just making it uh, have it better. And obviously, now now there is no, I mean, products can be created within days, lost within days. In fact, uh, Apollo had landed within four days on the moon. So speed is the new reality. So everything one is required to be instant, real time, uh, and you can't wait for those book closing, monthly, quarterly, time annually kind of uh, business cycles. That's, That's no more the norm. Finance, again, in very varying capacities, is making sure that they are leaner, to be able to be agile, to transform and develop themselves with this. Digital, they are harnessing that power and making sure everything is data-driven because that's what they're known for. Right. Um, I've just listed some um, key buzzwords that, you know, and these are only handful, to be honest. Uh, The number of technologies that today are disrupting are enormous and, in fact, some of them we don't even know what what the next would be because all we would have heard of would be through Elon Musk, Uh, but we wouldn't know in reality, right, because it's not something that we've seen as a use case. So what I'll do today is I'll try spending some time and try to demystify these terms for you um, to be able for you to understand that how does that impact finance? let's start with uh, the first one right uh, rpa it's actually called robotic process automation this for that matter is actually not any more a, a thing that requires demystifying uh, to be honest uh, because in the in the you know across the board organizations i think over 50% of organization would have leveraged uh, rpa already so what is rpa right rpa is essentially there is software bots What they do is they take up these manual uh, transactional processes very transactional nature which are essentially reckoning in nature so you need to do it on a periodic basis so automatically they're just a lot time consuming and you need to follow a very targeted steps like it is a then b and then c if not c then d so it is very explicit in nature right and that instead of a human being performing it it is a bot that performs it for you so The advantage of this is, first is it's not a human doing it, right? So the bot has no fatigue. It doesn't get tired, so it can work 24-7. Obviously, because it also works 24-7, you don't need as many bots as you required humans, so it results in good cost-saving, right? And because it's a bot doing it, it is lesser errors. It's done in the same way over and over again. And the best part is because it's, again, a bot, if it's a similar problem an organization faces elsewhere i can actually just apply that at scale across the organizations for example i started at one business unit i can apply to all business units and no additional cost you only need licenses that's all right so totally the idea isn't i mean i'm sure you read a lot about you know how uh, all 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 jobs will get automated and uh, that's not that's not the idea of this right the idea is always human plus machine so you either run bots or you're run by bots right so the idea is to to be able to leverage these to make your activities easier right i i do a quick so let me go on a quick illustration right um, on an email you have an attachment it's an excel attachment okay it has some data you'll read the attachment you will understand it as a typically when a, you're you know when you work in organizations you need to always enter these in the system so you will manually do this data entry now imagine you never had to do all of this mundane task, and it's bots that do it and you realize the only thing that you need to do is the bot itself will have some checks and mechanisms that will check if there are any discrepancies or not if not obviously the process ends and if there is so only you enter when there is a discrepancy so that you can analyze for what the reason was and you know what could be the potential solution to it. In fact, you can actually go back and write your bot, uh, you know, get your bot, bot to actually learn so that the same error is not made the next time. Or you could add this as a rule. But the idea again is that obviously you also don't want to spend a lot of time doing mundane tasks, right? So the bot does that for you and you spend on value add activities like analysis, investigation, audit. So these are things that you spend time on. Uh, that was that was about automation let me move to uh, you know something that I'm sure is very close to you guys as well visualization in fact uh, you know as a part of my first job um, a lot of my time was spent on uh, so I used to create dashboards for the CEO right so a lot of my time at that point was spent on getting data across systems you know so I had financial systems that is something that I got data out of the systems it would come in different formats, different systems, right? Then there's a lot of operational data which was not in any system. So I would have to go back, follow up with people. Then I would take all of that, put it in an Excel. Then I would essentially add formulas, add some pivots, create charts around it so that they look good, get them converted into a slide. So all of this itself would take me a week, easily a week. Now, after that, I would spend time (laughs) on actually analyzing those graphs, because graphs without context have no meaning, right? So I would then try to understand what was the reason for an variance, what what went wrong, what went well, is this something that's going to impact my future or not? But that's, that's the last part I did, and you know, by that time I was genuinely exhausted in the entire exercise of data crunching. This is what visualization does. It just makes it so much easier so imagine that one week's work is completely done by a tool and all you spend time on is to analyze you know identify if there were any trends make you know get insights out of it uh be faster in decision making that really is the idea of uh, visualization okay i do have a quick uh, you know mock-up of how typically visualization works, right? And why why the advantages? One, it's accessible on the go. So it's accessible on your tablet, mobile system, you know, laptop, everywhere. So just at the click of a button, it's customizable. So for example, if you were looking at the leadership, right? And because you are finance and you own the data, I need to also create it not just for the cfo i need to create it for the ceo the sales head the hr head and everybody would want a different view right so it could be role based it could be customized it can measure metrics in fact today uh visualization goes on to actually provide standard insights as well so you don't all you know you can get it on the go and it's real time that's the best part so you don't need to wait for someone to take out data because remember when i was taking out data it was already a week old by the time i would present the analysis. So here you can provide, get it instantly. It could also include a lot of human metrics, like attrition, number of learning hours. So it can it, it presents great opportunities. And, and I think you, you must be studying these, right, as a part of your courses in variance analysis, understanding balance sheets, p how they move, comparing them across years. Visualization does it for you. So, so works works beautifully and it and it's actually some good looking uh, stuff because clearly our attention spans are about eight minutes these days so eight seconds these days so I think we need less text and more visualization uh, these these you know were um, the very easier you know some things that you would have heard of known of. But let's come to much more fancier stuff, right? Like artificial intelligence. Obviously we use it on an everyday basis. We have Siri, uh, we have uh, Facebook or you know, Insta tagging us, Google Photos tagging us. Uh, so AI, AI, right? Artificial intelligence. So this essentially mimics a human and not just actions. So what an RPA was doing, it was mimic- mimicking only actions. That what would I do step by step? But here it does also is intelligence. So whether how to sense, learn, process, all of that is being done, right? So whether it is recognition of speech, recognition of actual text and language, uh, learning, learning so that you can improve performance, all of that can be done by machine. And again, what does it do? Firstly, it does very smart decisions much faster. and it is obviously again done by a computer, so it's it's more accurate, it's consistent. And AI is what is transforming customer experiences. I mean, L'Oreal today has been able to have you try their hair color online uh, without actually getting your hair colored so that you can decide what product you wanna buy. So that really is the power of artificial intelligence, right? AI impacts us every single day. Uh, as we work you know with our phones and all the social media so blockchain really is it is a database uh, what it really does is that every transaction is recorded as a block then it's fixed to the one previous to it the later one so it it all it falls it forms a change right and the entire history of the transactions so anything that you may edit anything that you may fix everything gets recorded so the best part is that it is trustworthy right so it is honest because you know you can't change anything it can't it won't edit a block it will create a new block for edit so it is something that will make sure it it obviously is auditable it is transparent you can trace the entire history so it has it has immense uh, benefits right and then especially i'm sure you've heard a lot about bitcoins but even in blockchain the otherwise the idea is that you connect the the two parties directly you don't need a middleman so you for example in bitcoins you don't need a financial institution that you do even in fact when you use a google pay um, you need a bank but here the idea is that you don't need an intermediary at all and uh, today to be honest uh blockchain is uh, Obviously, the ideas be, uh, go beyond Bitcoin, right? And organizations have at least started exploring them as pilot projects. Um, uh, supply chain contracts; uh, these are places where they are being extensively leveraged. In fact, even in terms of you know maintaining any kind of audit or records, record keeping, right? Contract, especially because there's a lot of verbiage, firstly, and then you want to make sure that those are accurate to the T, there's nothing that's been changed. Now, obviously, I've been talking a lot about digital rather than finance. And your obviously next question is going to be what does that really mean for me? Uh, And what that really means for you is that as the transaction work will get automated, there'll obviously be, uh, you know, artificial intelligence that will be taking some decisions on your behalf, what is it that you do? So as you enter uh, your corporate life, right? Uh, there would be new roles. And what those roles would mean, and that's how you could add value uh, and be more corporate ready, right? The first thing, obviously, to be able to leverage all these uh, tools, right? The first thing that you need is to be able to bridge the gap between finance and technology. Because clearly, somebody who's done finance, um, you know, is an accountant, for example, would not be able to speak the same language. As a technical guy would because then he will go directly into codes, uh, T codes and you know more around uh, you know it, it's more it's so you need need a person who can essentially bridge the gap they can talk to them they can make sure that the business requirements are being understood up front so that the technology team can also take it forward and implement it in the same fashion because most of the time that's what happens that The requirement is something else, but what the actual product or uh, solution that comes out is very different. So that's one of the most important roles, right? Uh, The second, people who can use, uh, who can ask better questions from the data, who can identify what algorithms are required to be able to harness the power of data to drive better decisions. That's why you need data scientists and why is it always you know while while analytics a lot of times is a separate organizing you know a separate team also but to be honest traditionally all the financial data was available with finance only and they've had the mandate to be able to use that data it's just that now we know how could we leverage that uh data better so that's why data scientists could is actually the next uh, emerging role within finance. Um, now I get a lot of insights, I get a lot of data, you need someone who can actually tell story through those data, can work back with businesses to identify improvement opportunities, be able to identify any kind of opportunities uh, where more, more technology can be leveraged, right? So you need a storyteller, you need someone who can talk to business as well, who can who can understand all three sides, finance, business, technology, um, and work with, you know, be like an evangelist for finance. So that's the storyteller. And one of the other roles uh, is uh, obviously the, because of technology, the change is unprecedented. I mean, the pandemic also had presented a lot of changes, right? So you need someone who is up to speed, can get scenarios, very quickly, can actually anticipate how an organization would react at various stages of a particular scenario to be able to even identify that that scenario needs to be activated. Uh, you need a planner. So, um, because the pace of change is very fast, uh, and that's why there's a more dedicated role, right? Because it's more real-time rather than periodic, uh, and hence the need for this role. So that's that's a lot um, I've been talking about you know digital, how that impacts you. Keep a very open mind uh, to all kinds of experiences okay. Um, it's not finance, it's not finance, it's marketing, it's HR. it doesn't matter. it's, it's a startup. it's not the brand that you wanted. Um, it does not matter. trust me. it every experience will add value, not a CV point. Don't think of it as a CV point, but it will really give you some learnings. Um, the right a job is a marathon i mean it's not a job it's a career right so it's a marathon it's a, it has its own path so be very open to any kind of experiences uh, make sure i mean you obviously have courses i'm sure you're already bored uh, of all the presentations all the courses the exams that you have but think of learning and and something i realized much later right it's not that i completed my mba and my learning stopped. Uh, you need to you need to upskill. That's that is the only way. And and to be honest, you can start so small. Pick up a business book that you want to read. You you like Elon Musk? Read about him. You like Steve Jobs? Read about him. Uh, you want to know more about? Uh, you know, you want to create your own startup? Read about those. Right. Listen to a podcast. Uh, you could also, in fact, today you have such good companies that have good content. Uh, Like, take up a course, right, Uh, which is over and above of what you've been taught. Maybe you want to understand something more than what you had learned, I mean, YouTube. You have more than enough content on YouTube, but otherwise you want to go, you could check courses on Udemy, UpGrad, Coursera, the the list is too long, right? Uh, You also get enough courses that you could do with universities like Harvard, Stanford, again if you want to learn more so the opportunities presented are there for you to leverage um, i know embrace digital is too small right you would say that hey i'm obviously you're the generation that has been digital um, but the idea is you might be wanting to do finance but you want to learn how to create you know how to get hands on experience on power bi tableau go ahead learn it you'll learn how to code there is a lot of opportunity and don't think you're just finance because uh you can if i as simple as that you could just learn a macro so that you're you know a, like a vba and that's it you, the work that you do on excel can be done so much faster so pick that up um, there are no hard and fast rules that's all and really the last thing i would have is um teach out you have you have linkedin today right Reach out to people, reach out to people across uh, various phases and career options, right. You might think what you know and what you might want as your dream job, for example, or your dream destination. it might then that might be because of the fact that you only exp- exposed to a certain set of things, right? and there is a lot more out there. So get to know people who are um, across varied fields, experiences, learn from their experiences. I mean, i'm sure you got you eventually learn from your own experience uh, but but it's a good way to know from their mistakes their journeys uh, something that could inspire you so that's that's really all i had and thank you so much uh, for being such good listeners
0: so thank you so much ishu you took your precious time out for us and shared your valuable insights with the viewers so thanks everyone for joining in uh, we hope you enjoyed the session and gained something from it. So thank you so much, Ishi, once again. Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely evening.